Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs, the only watch podcast that the FDA claims may actually increase your risk of coronary heart disease. You have made it all the way to episode 175. Michael, how the fuck are you doing? How are you doing? You all right? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little sad about those, those published uh, studies that, you know, talk about the effects of TBWS, but well, what can you Well, you know, do? we submitted our findings in the hopes that they would say it actually improved coronary heart disease, or, or it lowered your risk of coronary heart disease, because we wanted to be right up there with oats. So we wanted your heart health to be on the same par as uh, oats, and the FDA said, uh, what have you done? You've sent us information that actually, uh, you know, says the opposite. You guys are bad for people's hearts. So you heard it here, folks. Move, moving on up. First the Times, now, now FDA. <laughs> First the Times covers us. Shoves us at the bottom behind a paywall, and now the FDA says we're bad for your heart. This is great. I'm into it. I'm. Have you sent Have you sent the article to anyone? And they're like, I don't see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. I th- I haven't sent it to anyone because because my family still doesn't know I do TVWS. So I really hope they don't ever find out. So um, I'm gonna be like, no, you gotta click the, you gotta scroll down to the thing and then click the thing and then say like, you gotta open you it in a private browser or if you're on first your phone, you gotta accept cookies and. <laughs> I swear to God, we're in there. Yeah, they shut us all the way at the bottom. Doesn't matter. Hey, you were listening to two bulk watch knobs. You've been in all the way to episode 175. This is going to be a fun one. I cannot believe it took us 175 episodes to dedicate appropriate air time to this episode 175 watch jargon digging through the bs um it's one of those things i think we all have experienced in one way shape or form whether you're just getting into watches now or even in some cases you've been if you've been collecting you know for a while you'll see a watch press release you'll hear about something from a brand a large brand or, or, or a micro brand sometimes micro brands are even more notorious for this and they'll have something some sort of jargon or some sort of wording in their press release, you read it, you kind of think you know what it means, and you say, oh, okay, cool, and then you just keep on going. You glaw, you nod, you smile, oh, yeah, okay, cool, they have blah, 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 and you kind of, like, accept it. But in that sort of frame of behavior, we come across a fuck ton of terms. We don't really know what the hell they mean. Um, yeah. We all just this kind of be like... This is like a proper, proper podcast episode. You know, like this is should actually be useful. Just, <laughs> hopefully, potentially, unless you're at risk of coronary heart disease, in which case you should probably just um, stop listening. Stop uh, listening. Or depending on what kind of day you're having, keep listening. It's all good, you know. But uh, so Michael, I thought it would be fun to, we have a big list here of uh, a bunch of terms that come up in like watch press releases and you see on watch brand websites and um, or stuff that other watch journalism websites, even us, we're probably guilty of it. Just terms that we just use and we just accept that you probably uh, know you know, what it means. We're probably going to encounter some terms that people know. We're probably going to encounter some terms that people you know, don't know. But the real goal here is just for everyone to get just aligned on digging through the BS. Because um, what we're always talking about here is when you're spending money. Because watches are expensive, dude. You should understand. You should be an educated consumer. Don't be like a don't be don't be a mindless consumer. Be an educated collector. You know. 
Mm-hmm. And so this comes uh, with that territory. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a list of words here. Um, you know, when we get to the main topic segment, we have some other stuff to get through first. And basically, uh, Michael or I will choose a word. We'll say what we think it means, and then we'll look it up in real time on air and discover what it actually means. Because I wanted to try and recreate the experience that most of us have probably been in when you hear where you're like, oh, yeah, kind of, I, I, yeah, I think I know what that means. But then actually, like getting to the heart of what it means but um but here let's do this we have to honor tradition this is the two book watch snobs except no substitutes i don't want skim milk i don't want soy milk i want whole fat from the brain of the cow milk or whatever i'm not sure where milk really comes from can we include me i'm good <laughs> michael the vegan i'm good it's uh we're fine <laughs> This is a good show. <laughs> Except no substitutes. The two book watch knobs. We have uh, very few traditions on the show. Uh, and one of them is doing an audio, audio, audio wrist check. Michael, would you like to do an audio wrist check with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. You go first. I'm talking way too much. The Black Bay GMT again. Sorry How cool if that's is boring. that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, steak again. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna. I'm gonna tell you something, Kaz, and you're just gonna be like, "Whatever, Mike." Okay. I've I've been in a real like. I've been in a real like one watch mood. Lately. Okay, that's cool. And I know I know to hear that coming from me is just like whatever. Mary, this is like, a conversation we've had before. before. Is that what you're saying? Hey, every, <laughs> it's a conversation. Every, everything is cyclical. I accept that. You this know? conversation has gone both ways before. <laughs> just. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's um it's watches like this that really make you think about that, and and also watches like um like that Seamaster that we were talking about recently, the ceramic tile one. Oh, like, I look yeah. at watches like that and watches like like this Black Bay, and it's just like man. I even I even thought about I might have to censor this, but I even thought about selling my uh, Doxa it's like do i like need it we don't need any of this stuff do i yeah. need if i'm a family of three do i need five bedrooms no yeah you know <laughs> but to to give the people i guess a, a little rundown of you know why this watch makes me feel that way it's basically like just a very modern execution of um a gmt watch from yeah. very highly regarded and uh, like well-versed company and in, in producing watches so um, you know what i like about that watch is not blingy it's not blingy at all and you remember you remember when i told you so after the the pepsi when the pepsi gmt on jubilee came out in steel i was yeah. like i told a bunch of people i'm like i am going to make that happen <laughs> somehow <laughs> i'm gonna pull myself up on my bootstraps i'm gonna put that on my wrist and so the first time I saw it, I was with you actually. The first time I saw it in person, I don't know if, I don't know if you remember, but we were in this kind of we? like, we were in this like dingy sort of like one of those like big mega marketplaces in Hong Kong where yeah, you have, I remember. you just like get lost in those, in those hallways. And there's, <laughs> there's like a foot massage place next to a Rolex, like <laughs> <laughs> next movie. to like a hair salon. There was a place uh, that had Russian watches, Soviet, oh, I shouldn't say Russia, Soviet, old Soviet timepieces. Yeah. That was, that was, I remember that mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time I saw it be behind a window and I was like, oh yeah. And then I, and then I saw it in. <laughs> And then I saw it in Miami, in like kind of a similar place. I saw it at the that Seabold building. Yeah. And I was just like, there's something. 
if I got rid of the Batman because it was too blingy, there's mm-hmm. no way that 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 this watch would work for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Tudor is just like not blingy at all. Down to using an aluminum insert, which people really love to criticize. They're like, oh, like inferior materials from you know this this family of watchmakers, and it's just like you're still probably the same kind of person that will spend 20k on a 16.75 aluminum's yeah. inferior material your inferior genetic material okay if you really people have still, to complain people still collect bakelite which is even worse um <laughs> so but yeah it's uh it's solid man and i love that the hype is dying down a little bit uh i love that people are are cutting uh, they're they're pulling the plug on the wait list for these um and yeah, I, I really do think that if you're on the fence, especially about the thickness, you really should give one a shot because uh, I don't have a big wrist. Um, We're the same, know, wrist we, we yeah. same, same wrist size. Same wrist size. I'm pretty uncomfortable with a regular Black Bay, just the one that doesn't have this sort of case refinement on the underside. Uh, but this one is, I don't know. It just works, man. It works? That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I, don't and know why, I don't know why. I'm like into the idea of doing a side-by-side <clears throat> with your Tudor BBGMT and for some reason my Orange Star because I don't know why. I think they're a similar sort of like comfortable chunkiness. Yeah, that that's, a, that's a good call. That's a good call actually. I, um, I want to see what the thickness of the two, hashtag insert joke here, looks like um, side-by-side. I don't know why. I'm just like, I've been into that idea ever since you and I have been talking about this for a few weeks because like, my reservation with the Black Bay series, at least when they first came out, <coughs> excuse me, is the um, it's too big. It's like a, it's like wearing a yeah. slab of butter, you know, a big mm-hmm. old thick slab of butter on your wrist, and I'm um, just like, I don't know, man. But hearing how they've contoured and tried to accommodate the case, you know, for your uh, Tudor GMT, I'm like, it sounds kind of similar to what's happening with my Orient Star GMT in that it's a thicker case, but they've they kind of they kind of cut it in towards the case back to where it doesn't doesn't feel big so i don't know when next time next time we're in the same uh same room together uh let's do it no joke i will say this i think that orient is a little more comfortable than this this uh this black bay i thought we wanted to stop getting hate mail michael <laughs> after <laughs> after talking about the seaforth being overhyped so now you're talking about the selling the doxa now you're talking about the orient stars more co- i'm really tired of our inbox just being pummeled I'm not selling the Doxa, so hopefully that saves the inbox a little bit. <laughs> just, I actually wore that watch uh, yesterday for a little bit. So. Nice. But yeah, this this is what I got, man. And um, it's like, it's just like a good, really unassuming, excellent, excellent one watch candidate. Um, it, I could totally it's watches, see that. It's watches like this that really make you think like, what the, what the fuck am I doing? Like I posted, I posted that story segment yesterday where it was the Doxa, this watch, and the Speedmaster, and I was like, "All you need," and (laughs) I was like, "You jerk! Like you don't need, you barely need one of these." Oh, good. Uh, Yeah, still enjoying it, and it's it's the kind of watch that makes you think. I'll leave it at that. Is it so? I'm, I'm probably remembering this totally and saying totally wrong. You don't have the same lugs on that thing that that P zero one had, right? Where it's like integrated and no. like it's weird. No. They're regular. They're just regular protruding lugs with the spring bar, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can this this watch. You can buy it 
uh, on leather or with yep. the fake um it looks like a nato strap but it's not a nato strap because the spring bars are integrated into the strap yeah um it's kind of weird but um no you can put this on anything without you, how is without the bracelet on that thing because i've actually i saw someone make really weird comments about the bracelet on a photo that we posted they don't like the rivets so the older the older um <clears throat> bracelets had these riveted links with rivets on the side just like popping out the side oh, it's just a manufacturing okay. method and people are really upset that this has fake rivets on the side of the links what are fake it, rivets like they so look it, like they're structural or functional for the actual like interlinking but they're just not correct correct and it's like the last thing i notice about this watch ever but it, it's i guess it really like sticks in in their minds if if you know I don't know. It really bugs people, and I I just I don't get it. You you see it on the Black Bay Fifty Eight as well. Um, I think that um, so in case people aren't aware, I did. Uh, there's a brand out there called um, Tiger Concept Watches. I think the guy's based out of Hong Kong, and he has uh, and he basically does um, really oh, affordable. I think, he, I think he does the same thing on that watch. Yeah, I I yeah. bought a BB thirty six copy that he does to review it because it's one of those watch brands that people venerate and they talk like, oh, William does incredible work, and they talk it they talk it up on like all the forums and shit. And it's yeah. like I spent a hundred dollars, but it feels like a two thousand dollar watch. I'm like, okay, I gotta fucking try that. I gotta try this thing. So I spent. <laughs> I spent $150 of TBWS money to get one of these things in, um, and it was just horrible. I know I've gotten really like interesting emails like, oh man, you got a dud, buy another one. <laughs> no, I'm buying another. You kidding me? You, just, you break, break my heart once. All right, and that's it. So um, it wasn't that great. I wrote about it on the site. If you Google Tiger Watch or Tiger Concept Watch Review or Tiger Concept Review, whatever the fuck, you'll, you'll, um, you'll just see our, our post. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. How much of his traffic we're getting because that that post actually gets a shit ton of google traffic yeah yeah <laughs> um, but i think that the, the bb36 copy that i bought reviewed and that i sent to you i think it has those rivets on the side yeah yeah it does um those aren't real yeah they're not they're not <laughs> it, it's just like i don't know it's a it's a visual touch i it doesn't really bother me the bracelet's great clasp is excellent nice. i wish it had a little bit more quick adjust um mm capability but nah dude it's like i would say 85 percent of the way um to like a modern oyster bracelet it's not so quite cool. there but it's it's pretty good well crazy man i'm happy yeah i'm happy that you you got it and it's meeting expectation and exceeding expectations that you had with some of the other uh you know rolexes in regards to wearing experience that you were kind of pining over so cool yeah man. i'm down yeah i don't know if i'm gonna keep it i'm still <laughs> still really still really testing but michael it's... and i are um to quote one of my favorite stories of all time uh franny by daddy salinger michael and i are just feeling so destructive lately um uh, yeah. and i think we're both in a purging a watch purging uh mindset right now i um i want to get rid of watches so enthusiastically i might just drive him to goodwill and just and just put him in like a basket with a note and while it's raining like knock on the door like i'm leaving like a crying infant and like the note just says you know care for me 
and uh, hopefully the good people will be able to sell them and make some money and <clears throat> do what they got to yeah. do or whatever. But like, I just I want less clutter, and I don't want to deal with the bullshit of like selling watches. You could you could bottom dollar price your watch, and someone's always gonna be like, "Hey man, saw your listing for your for your uh, you know SKX." Would you take fifty bucks and this like guest this guest watch that I got that my that my girlfriend got me last year? It's like no, I don't want I don't want your trash for my trash, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. And this guest gift card. And this guest gift card. And this guest gift card that I might take. I, I might take the gift card. <laughs> I don't know if it expired. It still has the strip on it, but like I could throw it in. Being like, I don't want your trash for my trash, man. All right, I want you to buy my trash. Regret buying my trash, and then you steal it. I or you sell it. I want to give you my Chris Monkey Paw. Don't you understand how selling watches works? God damn it, I hate it. So I'm just like, I'll just give, I'll just give them away. I'll just circumvent the whole song and dance by giving them away. You know, like fucking Kurt crying little blue nightcrawler baby in a basket. Just now you're gonna, now you're gonna get a lot of now you're gonna get a lot of emails. Good. <laughs> it's so funny. My <laughs> wife was just like uh, my wife works at Disney, and so obviously she's furloughed now, and so she's at home. She's like 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 she's like oh I want to help out more TBWS. I'm like yeah, and so I talked to her you know Michael about some of the ideas that you and I talked about. She's like oh yeah you know you could also put me on the oh, you can add me to your email on the TBWS email so I can go and help you get through that. I'm like yeah you don't want to you don't want to go in there. You don't want anything to do. With the TBWS. The TBWS email is like that fridge in the back of your garage you forgot about. Michael, did you ever watch Cowboy Bebop back in the day? I only saw the movie. Okay. Uh, so Cowboy Bebop, probably one of the more... Uh, I know this is not really an appropriate blanket statement to make, but objective to me, it's probably one of the best animes uh, I've ever seen. All other anime experiences that I try and recreate today are chasing feelings that I had while watching the Cowboy Bebop series for the first time, um, which I think is this. You could say that for most most positive experiences from your childhood. You try to uh, continue writing or recreating your older. But there's a, there's an episode in Cowboy Bebop where uh, there's a fridge in like the back of the spaceship that he totally forgets about for years, and he bought like a lobster or something, and he put it in there. Uh, but the lobster like mutated and created its own <laughs> ecosystem in the fridge and it became this like predatory goop and so he spends the whole episode like fighting it and that's that's the, that's the whole episode um, <laughs> that's what the TBWS email is like there's things in there that just shouldn't be seen angry emails emails which we don't really understand why people send us sometimes um my girlfriend and I have been fighting. What do you think we should do? I don't really know. I really don't know. We're the two broke watch snobs, not the two broke domicile snobs. Snobs, like I don't, I don't really. Know. So, um, so yeah, I, I. If I do give my wife email access to help us get to the emails, I'll probably have to like sit down with her and just go through a bunch just so she doesn't get overwhelmed. Cause um. Yeah, don't don't put her through that. <laughs> not putting you through that solo it's a bit of a train wreck but that's what you get when you're the punk rock when you're the punk rock version of watch podcast man um what are we talking about what are you wearing oh we're doing a wrist check this is the most <laughs> this is the most diverted wrist check we've had in a while i am wearing michael the complete polar opposite to you if we did not 
incite people enough to send us their hate mail and their fetid produce, they're going to be sending it now. I'm wearing my Invicta Pro Diver. <laughs> uh, I threw in the Invicta Pro Diver, so it's an interesting journey with this watch. Invicta gets a lot of shit in the watch family um, for several reasons. Obviously, some of their designs are fucking horrible. Um, some of them really dumb. Uh, one of the more snobby, quote-unquote, reasons that people in the watch family shit on Invicta is that also they're accessible. It's easy for most non-watch folks to just, you know, walk into a store and buy an Invicta. And there's this weird sort of holier-than-thou mentality that a lot of people in the watch family have where if I can walk into a mall and get it, you know, that's not me being a real watch collector. I have to fucking, I gotta, I gotta climb a mountain. I gotta send a paper airplane to the Doxa guys. I got, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta go through the stupidest fucking shit to try and get a watch. Like, or I gotta get on like a, like, on like a wait list and like elbow children at KB Toys. If KB Toys is even still around, I might be dating myself. Like, <laughs> like crazy, like crazy shit. So like the idea of just walking into, you know, an Invicta store, like getting your General Stouts chicken on and then walking, or your bourbon chicken on and then walking into like uh, an Invicta store, like it's, you know, some people look down upon it. I think it's stupid. I don't. I don't think. I think people should buy whatever the fuck they want, however they want, as long as it makes them happy. Um, but this Invicta Pro Diver for me was an interesting journey because I let a lot of those uh, predisposed prejudices that exist within the watch family to kind of permeate my perception. Because for the longest time, Michael, you were there for me. I were you there with me in this journey? I wanted a forty millimeter sub style case. That I could just have as like an everyday wear, or that was like a super casual yeah. or a super fun wear. And so for a while, I was looking at those um those NTH uh, pieces, those those uh, <clears throat> you know that the the Chris Vale dudes does. He's got like the NTH knockins. Some have the snowflake hands. Right. Some have like yeah. the Rolex hands. He had a version that was like a teal and yellow and white sort of thing. It was the it was the Santa Fe, I think he called it. So and the microbrand world. Um, you know, usually it's that brand, the, the NTH, Janus Trading brand, whatever the fuck it's called now, like that people go to when they want like a, a well-executed 40 millimeter, uh, you know, Submariner style case. And um, for me, it was just a little too expensive. I just didn't, it just felt weird. I tried it on, I loved it, but there was just something, I think it was like four or five or 600 bucks. Um, and uh, a good friend of the show, uh, Golden Hour Time, he was selling like one of his, I think, and um and he was he gave me a really really good price and i'm just like i don't know why i just can't i just can't commit to it for some reason and so i would go i went on this long journey trying to find the 40 millimeter sub style case and then in like a moment of just like um weakness i'm like you know what fuck this bullshit i'm just gonna get a goddamn pro diver it's a 40 millimeter sub style case it's 70 dollars it has an nh35 mechanical nh35 and it's basically an unbranded seiko movement it is the cheapest watch you can get an nh35 movement in if you bought a micro brand watch with an nh35 in it minimum 300 bucks on a good day right yeah <clears throat> so i'm like fuck it i'm just gonna get the goddamn pro diver and see what happens and uh i ordered the watch on amazon it got here, I sized it, and I fucking love it. And I feel so stupid for letting the watch fam's prejudice <laughs> prevent me from getting this watch for so long. You know, you know what I mean? who, who also apparently, and I think from what I can tell, this is like the polar opposite of, um, <sighs> gosh, 
uh, Tiger Concepts. Yeah. So there, there's another, I think, Hong Kong-based brand called WMT. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar. So WMT, if you go to the website, the experience is very much like what you would get out of Undone. You can customize a lot of these 40 millimeter <clears throat> sub cases or um, it, uh, also like the old Big Crown sub case, like the James, like Sean Connery one. Mm. Um, and those are appar- are apparently kind of just like the Invicta, very, very on the nose in terms of uh, size and dimension and feel with, with those um, those proportions that you like. Wow. So, yeah, it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you can, you can reach for if, if that's cool. what you're into. They're a little yeah. on the expensive side, but I mean, I get it. So like, I, I didn't really pay attention to them much until, um, CKS time Chad started to talk to me about them. Yeah. Cause he's, guy's the man. he's a guy with an eye for quality and, uh, yeah. it, it's like, he, listen, he, he listens to the show. He's got an eye for, he's got good taste. <laughs> well, we were DMing about, about them and he, we were both thinking about taking the plunge at the same time. And so he, he bought one. Um, I haven't gotten one yet, but he liked it so much that he got a second apparently. Wow. So. Shit. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I think Invicta, or even if you want something more customizable, you could look, look at that too. But I think the Invictas are great, man. Especially if they come with that movement. I mean, all day. It's crazy. Yeah. All day. Um, the only I downs- like it. I like it oh, when sorry. people like mod them also with like a sterile dial. Yeah. It's for seventy bucks. Well, I mean, you know, it's a fun watch to mod. The only thing I'm still trying to figure out is I and I, I this is this is if you were like me and you're hearing me talk, you've probably said this already. But I hate and this, I'm, I'm quoting me and I'm quoting all of you who are at home on this journey with me. But Kaz, I hate the fact that the Invicta logo is on the is engraved on the side of the case. Put a sticker on it. Put a sticker on it. Put a big Vans sticker. Like a, like, the fuck, you know? like the cheap Squire bass that I had <laughs> in like freshman year. I was just like, oh, I w- I'm gonna make it cooler and put a bunch of stickers in there. Stickers you go. on there, man. <clears throat> we gotta. I, we have to make watches with stickers. Punk rock watches with stickers. A thing. Oh my god, that's so little cool. tiny, little tiny like Vans Warp Tour stickers. <laughs> that's so cool. Have it look like a like an old traveling trunk, just full of like stickers and stuff. Yeah, dude. That's so cool. I'm into it. Um. What I'm going to do, honestly, is you can buff these things out. Uh, there's a, a few cool videos online. <clears throat> online, sorry, I'm losing my enunciating abilities. Where people kind of show you how to buff this thing out with like steel wool and polish and all this bullshit. I kind of want to find an engraver to just, I don't know, do something cool on the side. Like some kind of fun, I don't know, just like a cool design on the side of it. Just like... What if you sandblast the shit out of it? That would probably work. It would probably I'd have to sandblast a lot to get the actual like Invicta logo out. But um But then I'd have to sandblast the bracelet too, because the bracelet's got these like polished center links. What if you sandblast half of the watch? I could call it I could call it the Harvey Dent. I yep. could have half the watch. Mm-hmm. Half the watch be sandblasted, half the watch be the way it was. I could it, it could be the t- I, I it'll be like the it'll be like the two face. The heart, have heart the coin. Dense. Have have it look like the coin that he flips. So cool. Where one side is like nice and polished, and the other one is just like. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> Not about what's right; it's about what's fair. All right, I'm into it. 
I'll see if I can. I think Steve Lawlor over at Raven has a sandblasting kit at home. Maybe he does. I can, maybe I can send it to him and be like, Steve, listen, I don't want you asking questions. Can you just sandblast <laughs> half of this thing? You what? I think you if you just like cover half of the case and like painters tape. No, it's gotta it's gotta work. I'm not like a I'm not like a sandblastologist or some shit, but it's it's just gotta work. Uh, that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Invicta Pro Diver. Uh, haters gonna hate, dog. But um, but yeah, I think it's great. It's been a while since I've worn it, and I'm I'm happy I threw it on for the show. It's still yeah, forty millimeter. 40, 40 millimeter sub style case perfect this is what this is this is what i was searching for but what i had been denying myself for honestly like a year a couple years mm-hmm. so good stuff but here let's do this that was a fun wrist check uh before we get into the main topic there is some interesting the crossings off my list there are some interesting housekeeping items to get to i don't want to spend too long on this but can we have a moment of silence for Basel World? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's have let's have five let's have five Mississippi's of silence. I'm not gonna be silent because I have to count up. Let's have let's have five Mississippi's of silence uh, for for Basel World. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. Three Mississippi. Four Mississippi. Five Mississippi. Press F to pay respects. Uh, MCH Group, who is the organizer and owners of Basel, have officially announced that uh, Basel will not be happening in January. They haven't really announced any solid, concrete plans for the future of Basel. They say that they're exploring uh, other options for different formats and things. But what a lot and and all the vendors have been refunded their money. So if you've been listening to the Tubo Washhouse podcast for a while, for a while, while fuck it, or if you've been on the website TuboWashhouse.com, you've been following our coverage of the event. Um, go to tubeofwatchnaps.com or I'll, I'll I'll put a link to this stupid thing on the on the show notes. Um, and you can basically follow it. Like Basel had to postpone. Um, huge brands started pulling out. Rolex started pulling. You know, Swatch pulled out forever ago. All these brands are pulling out, and then like small to medium sized vendors started demanding their money back. And Basel was put in this fucking terrible position because basically they said if we refund people their money back. You know, Basel will cease to be, and so they were in that position for a while. Um, and then watches and wonders happened digitally, and it was fine; it wasn't anything super exciting. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you could potentially argue the whole event was superfluous, but whatever. Uh, and then, and then recently, you know, MCH Group slash Basel World had said, you know, we refunded our vendors more than what we said before, and we're canceling, you know, the next Basel. But a lot of people are reading between the lines and saying that this is basically the end. Um, of Basel, um, the death of Basel. If you want to get dramatic, uh, speaking of which, we have an obituary on our site. <laughs> for it's Basel. nice. It was thoughtful. Yeah. Basel. Mike Mike Razak, TVWS contributor extraordinaire, wrote um, a really funny because it's not funny obituary of uh, for for Basel World. I think uh, what did he what did he write the. Uh, what did he write the intro as? It's just, it's just so, it's so serious. There's no jokes. There's no like random jeers. Boston World iconic watch pair dies at 103. Uh, the show was 103 years old and survived by Watches and Wonders, Braymont's Townhouse, and Graco's and, and Grand Seiko's annual summit. No memorial services have been announced. Um, <laughs> you can go, go and check it out. 
Uh, it's also very informative. It kind of you know, explains a lot of uh, Mike Resnick did a great job of explaining a lot of the um, uh, impetus behind sort of where the decision to cancel the next event was and sort of what the readings are in regards to this being the quote-unquote death of Basel. But yeah, so go and check that out on the site. Um, before I switch topics, Michael, do you have any thoughts on, on Basel World? Basel World? Basel World? No, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that, um, I mean, obviously Braymont Townhouse wouldn't happen, but I think yeah, as as a brand that really pioneered the the start of having your own event for your brand, Hell yeah. um, I really want to see Braymont sort of roll with the punches and uh, like figure something out as soon as they can. I think it would be awesome to see uh, Braymont Townhouse emerge from this in in a really cool way. So yeah, it's an opportunity. They have an opportunity. You know. Yeah. Um, Let's do this. Moving on to the next housekeeping item. You said you had a bit of news that no one else has covered, and you didn't tell me what it was in the pre-talk, so I'm very I'm very excited. Is it is it news about me? <laughs> it's not news about you. Oh, I don't want to hear about it. That was, that was, that was, that was, that was... You're getting a promotion. Yeah. Congratulations. Getting a promotion. Yes. A TBWS promotion. Oh, my God. We should make up a ton of positions. And like set up a careers page to see how that's so mean right now. <laughs> Let's not do that. Um, Let's not finish that joke. But here, what's your yeah. <laughs> what's your news? I'm excited because I, I have honestly no idea. So with like after spending time with the the BBGMT, um, mm. it, it it's the kind of watch that makes you fantasize about travel, which is awful right now because right. travel is is not an option. I heard so, it's not good to travel right now. Yeah. It's not a good thing. And I, I, you also kind of realize how pompous it is to to hear someone say, like, this is the ultimate travel watch. <laughs> like, take it into, like, I don't know, some sketchy marketplace in Cairo. Get your or, ass fucking mugged yeah, beyond belief, get, dude. <laughs> get mugged in Italy uh, or, like, whatever. So um, I've been, I've been really attracted to the idea of adding a watch to the collection that can do the dual time travel thing right um for like really really like below a thousand bucks like sometimes even like just we're we're talking like marathon navigator plastic case yeah (laughs) sort of deal so um i have been spending a lot of time looking at the marathon navigators which i used to have but i gave away as a penalty for missing a recording do you remember that (laughs) so we used to punish ourselves if we missed a week we had to give away a watch so we missed a week and i gave away a a pilot navigator from marathon yeah a lot of people don't know marathon recently upgraded that watch um they added a sapphire crystal and they added a steel crown so really just keeping the cost the same around like 240 bucks and um just increasing durability that's so cool but we had a friend of the show and friend here in seattle patrick mm-hmm. uh kind of sent me a text the other day and he's like hey did you see what what marathon is doing um they're going to be releasing the pilot navigator in steel oh wow so i was like what and I went to their so um, no no like black resin case or whatever it is. 
So it's a big problem that people have with this watch. Um, you know, they'll get it and they'll be like, oh, it's it's plastic. It's really light. Like, uh, and, and people don't really bond with the watch because mm. some folks really want that heft. So two days ago on Marathon's Instagram, they announced um, kind of just like a little tribute to the to the old uh, asymmetrical navigators that came in steel. Some of those were the same ones that were branded Adenac. Um, And then they ended the post. The reissue of the Navigator in steel is now being engineered and is going to be released in 2021. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. If you're in the business of building overpriced uh, asymmetrical copies of the Benrus Type uh, Type 1 and Type 2, you might have your work cut out for you because <laughs> I think that Marathon, when they release these in steel, it's going to be a really, really hard watch to beat. Yeah. Um, you got those tritium. You're probably still going to get those tritium tubes. Yeah, they all have um, them, I think. They all have them. I can't. I can't wait. Um, so that that's a little piece of news. It, it's just like a very under the radar Instagram post that they made. Uh, so so check out Marathon Watch on Instagram and uh, <clears throat> be prepared to wait until 2021. <laughs> That's crazy! Wow, shit. Okay, I gotta check, I gotta go check out that post. Yeah, huge shout out to Patrick for for catching that. Super cool. Yeah, let me let me send it to you right now. They they post a photo of like the older like an older steel case Marathon branded watch. Oh, look at this. Yeah, so it's I, I figured oh it'll it'll look just like that. How cool is that? I'm pumped. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Okay. And if they can keep that thing, I, I know it's it might. I know it's not going to be like 240 bucks, but I have faith in Marathon that they'll keep it like reasonable. You know. What's reasonable? What would you pay? I don't know, like around 500. I think that's reasonable. That sounds reasonable to me. You hear? Are you listening to Marathon? They're not listening. No one listens. To the show. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> it's just you and I talking to each other in the dark. Um, that's super cool, man. Let's see. Let's yeah. see how it kind of uh, how it kind of plays out. And in the same vein, um, if you consider uh, affordable travel watch alternatives, because again, I hate to say that the BBGMT. Take, like leave your Pepsi Jubilee at home when you go travel, <laughs> and just take your black bay gmt you'll be fine if you just, get mugged just just rough it up just 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 uh, just go rough it in the sticks with your bb gmt guys it's all good if you get mugged <laughs> it's not a big out. it's not out. a big deal it's not a big deal whatever man <laughs> so good. um this is a very controversial brand we we talk about them a lot and sometimes i will try to advocate for the brand on instagram and get completely pummeled um <laughs> But Steinhardt, I'd like to point out that Steinhardt has been experimenting with ceramic lately. Yeah. And they came out with a sort of Ocean 39 GMT. It's kind of like <clears throat> sort of like a vin- vintage reissue of the first GMT Master. But the ceramic, they made the ceramic look faded, which is okay. a weird thing to see. Like it's weird to like have my eyes zero in on ceramic. And think that it's faded it's not it's not supposed to do that so no um that's kind of a controversial watch in the steinhardt world but they're going to be releasing or actually it shows in stock right now they're going to do the ocean 39 millimeter gmt 
in blue and red ceramic with an oyster style bracelet and a jubilee bracelet if you oh my god you have so, a link yeah let me send that it looks really good um they take really good photos i think they take their photos in partnership with naman watches okay like they always have really good photos of their products but um the blue and the red look way more spot on it's very vibrant yeah but it's not like magenta purple no 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 wow so 610 euros I think these are going to do really, really well. I love, I love. They know, they know exactly what they're doing because in these yeah. photos, there's literally a photo of them showing the line where the blue and the red meet on the bezel. Like mm-hmm. they, like, like they yeah. know. Because that's hard. That's that's <laughs> exactly. One of the, or actually, let's just say in Rolex's marketing materials, that's <clears throat> what they said was the hardest thing to do. <laughs> and like here is Steinhardt doing it pretty well. 600 bones look at that or 600 euros 600 euros approximately what seven or 800 uh 669 jesus yeah i think the euro's down i think everything's down right now (laughs) (laughs) crazy i I think it's kind of cool i've always i've always liked steinhardt the the watches feel super super sturdy yeah um you know what's funny I just, about Steinhardt? I couldn't drive with the mill sub. <clears throat> what's funny about Steinhardt is people who there's 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 three types of people with Steinhardt. There's people who have never handled a Steinhardt and just immediately hate it mm-hmm. because they're just like, oh, they just I, I don't buy, I don't support the replica fake industry. Like, okay, well, this is not. I know what you're saying, but this is not. It doesn't say Rolex on the. It doesn't say roll. You know, what I mean? yeah, it's not a fake. It's an homage. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's that, there's that type of person who just who's never really worn one and they hate it. There's a type of person who has interact with them, has worn them like you and I have, and mm-hmm. loves them and really appreciates them. And then there is there are some people who have handled them uh, and still don't like them. But I, that yeah. is much smaller than yeah. the first two categories. Most of the people have either never handled a Steinhardt and they hate it, or they've handled it and they liked it. The people who have handled it and don't like it is a very very small percentage of that of that entire group that's just kind of like the one of the weird things i've i've uh, i've noticed so um if you're on the fence about steinhardt kind of similar to how i was the fence about on this uh, on this pro diver um maybe maybe give it a shot take a chance buy from a retailer who you have like a refund policy you trust you know what i mean or something but they're yeah. super solid and it looks like yeah they're I, I looked at the site on Friday and it was like coming soon and I'm like oh I guess it'll come out in like October or something mm-hmm. but now I just check and it says in stock for for both of these so cool yeah good good find dude so just two I mean two brands that are just super fun to collect um, and buy from without really much of an investment I know 670 bucks is still a lot for anything um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think this looks kind of fun. Uh, I know that Greg did a really cool review of the 39 with the older bezel. Right. It'd be awesome to review one of these. I have a question. Do you see the case back on this? Yeah, it's like uh, Poseidon, I think. Uh, it looks like the Trojan condom logo with a trident stabbing a seahorse in the back of the head. Yeah, the the, the proximity here? of the trident from the seahorse's head um there's not a lot of depth there so it looks like a direct stabbing 
it just looks like he's stabbing his mount in the back of the skull, which is, <laughs> I'm not like a riding expert, but you probably shouldn't stab the animal you're riding in the back of the head while you're riding it. At least get off and then stab it. I've um, never ridden a seahorse. Um, uh, n- neither have I. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that many people have. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's on all of their watches. Yeah. Gotta gotta have some kind of symbolism or some shit or or yeah. symbology, symbolism. Sorry, Getting still better than the still better than the hippocampus <laughs> logo. That thing makes it's no just sense. such an unintimidating thing yeah. to put on the back of your watch. Like it'd be more it, like a, a stepped on egg would be more more intimidating. <laughs> just like an egg, someone just fucking stepped on and you took a picture of it. And you had uh, had that laser engraved in your case back. I would appreciate that more than the Dr. Seuss-esque looking hippocampus. For the first brand that does a collaboration with us, <laughs> just there you got your case back. You idea. got your case back. It's just someone just <laughs> stomping on an egg. Like, oh, fuck it. Here, put this in the bag of back of your watch, nerds. Um, let's do this. Let's transition to the main topic. But before we do that, I wanted to spend a quick second giving a huge shout out to OGTBWS. Uh, uh, listener and an incredible friend of the show who's helped us out a ton of times. He shout out to Chad Wright um, and uh, a project that he's working on called Forward Partners. So just want to put that put this out there right now. This isn't like like a sponsor thing or whatever. Chad Wright and I and Michael we're all friends in terms of like TBWS as a, as a business and for very specific stuff. He really really helped us out with like just guidance and just was a really really cool resource in the early days. He's always been an incredible friend. He's starting this project called Forward Partners in response to basically how he as a business owner and uh, you know a leader and a manager. Has been impacted by you know COVID nineteen. So Forward Partners is basically um, it's a website, it's a resource that's offering um, guidance and just basically a place to feel not alone as a leader, manager, or business owner. Because sometimes the reality is when you're doing something, um, he has a really great quote in the first video they put up on their YouTube. Like when you're the person that has it's in charge of getting everyone excited about something, it can feel really lonely. You know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, like, and it kind of sucks. And so sometimes it's really, really easy to not know the right way, the right decision to make. So he's got he's got his first video up on the, on YouTube. Um, I should probably have all these links ready. I don't know. Uh, I'll have links in the uh, show notes and stuff, but um, it's Forward Partners, the logo. It's like a yellow flag on a black backdrop it's really really cool i also i mean i was also having i was having a really really rough week this week not just um with you know us you know michael and i running tbws but just in my by day job my day job i i operate in like a managerial sense as well and it's just um i had reached this point where i was thinking about decisions that were encompassing like year or two year long outlooks and it's so fucking easy to get overwhelmed when you're like fuck how the fuck can i make a decision now that puts me in the place where i need to be mm-hmm. you know next year especially with all this coronavirus stuff uh, going on so um his first video talks about that and just sort of interesting strategy what i love about the advice that he gives is that it's stuff people sort of are aware of and you might have heard before but in the moment of like panic you forget about 
but he presents them in the video in such a way where like it sticks with you. It's really, really, really cool. I, 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 I would encourage you to check it out. Um, as a TBWS fan, as a solid to us, go check it out. Forward Partners. Um, I'll have all the links and stuff in the show notes. And if you have trouble finding it, because he's just launched this thing, or he's really started leaning into it uh, recently. Um, if you have trouble finding links, just let me know what's up. But um, I'm always down to do a solid for Chad Wright. If you know Chad Wright, you know he takes awesome watch photos as well. Go to his... Go to his uh, I love the photos he takes of that Seiko Alpinist. Alpinist, how the fuck you say it. Right? Uh, a regular during the uh, the weekend regrams. <laughs> We've regrammed his shots. It's funny because I'll be like, I'll go through the two book watch knobs like hashtag to look for shots to regram, and I'm like, okay, oh that's great. Oh, it's fucking Chad Wright again. God damn it, I can't, <laughs> I can't regram this motherfucker every week. <laughs> yeah. So really, really cool. Um, check out his Instagram just for cool watch photos. But then at the same time, if anything I've been talking about for the past minute and a half or two minutes or however long it's been has resonated with you as a manager, as a business leader, or as a human being that just has to make fucking decisions. Uh, which should be all of us, um, go and check out Forward Partners. I have all the links. It's on YouTube. Um, it's on Instagram also. It's just at Forward Partners. You can find it there and then you can get all, link, all the links to his stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, highly encourage that. Huge shout out, Chad Wright, Forward Partners. Michael, is it time? Is it time to dig into some watch jargon? Let's bull, do it. Bull ha ha. Bull hooey. <laughs> How do you say it? Bull hooey? <laughs> Now is the time I censor myself like granddad. After 175 episodes of saying the most horrible crook now at time, now is the time. Bull hooey. Poppycock. Poppycock. I'm so sick of all this watch jargon malarkey. It's time we set the record straight. How do you want to do this? I'm looking at the list right now. We have a lot of words here. The first one's kind of interesting. The one I'm looking at here on row, I mean, I say first one, but it's on row eight. And I'm clicking on right now. Yeah, I see it. What do you think of that? I have no clue what that means. I have been collecting seriously for like seven years. Let's do this. I'm gonna I, don't know, ask, I don't know what that is. I'm going to ask Michael what this is and we're going to do our best to figure out what the fuck it means. Michael, what do you think <clears throat> Inca block means? I'm not saying that right. Inca block. I, I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> it's, this is a game show format. The two book watch snobs where one snob tries to stump the other one. What do you think Inca block means? I-N-C-A-B-L-O-C. I see it all the time. You've seen it all the time. Where do you think it even relates to? What part of the watch? The block, the Inca block, is where, is where <clears throat> if you are an Inca... That's where you put someone's the block that you put someone's head before you decapitate them. That's okay. the Inca block, right? Uh, let me check with the judges. That is the wrong answer. That is not. Uh, you're not wrong in regards to like history. Um, as uh, I, you know, but in regards to watches, that's not what Inca Inca block. Uh, Fuck. Okay. Yes, I know. So this is interesting. I'm going to read this here. Close. I thought it was close. <laughs> Kaz, was I in the ballpark? No, you weren't even on the same planet, but that's fine. <laughs> so I'm going to read the Google description here, and then we're going to dig into it a little bit. Inca block is a common shock protection system used in mechanical watches, recognizable due to its lyre-shaped spring. So a lyre, I guess, in regards to like the, the instrument. So basically, if you're looking at a listing or anything, and it says Inca block, it's basically a, a shock protection 
for the movement. Shock protection for the movement is super, super important because basically with the watch movement, all the gears and all the little gear trains, they're so um, delicate that huge hits, like huge abrupt shocks or if you're banging on the wall or if you're having incredibly rough sex and you're wearing your watch for some reason and you're on the giving and receiving end, you need uh, shock protection in the watch because otherwise your accuracy is going to be impacted or possibly yeah. something might, might be knocked out of line. So having shock protection is appropriate. So I think it's one of those things where it's just a given these days. I think there are different shock protection systems. This anchor block just seems to be um, one of them, but it's probably one of the more just utilized slash common ones. Um, so I will say this, if you are reading a listing and it says, it says, you know, uh, top grade uh, protection, anchor block, blah, blah, blah. That's probably not that. I mean, that's like saying my house has walls. Like, yes, the house should have walls, you know? So I, I, if you see that, I wouldn't let that be a huge selling factor. Do we know who, like, invented it? Let's find out. Trade name, spring-loaded mountain systems, sports balance wheel, invented by Swiss engineers George Braunschweig and Fritz Marti, Universal Escapements at Universal Escapements at Le Chal de Fonds, Switzerland, manufactured by Inkblock SA. Uh, similar to the systems that you find in Edda, uh, Seiko's Dia Shock, <clears throat> and the Citizen's Parashock. So the Inkblock in particular is a tr- like a branded <laughs> shock protection system. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I did not know that, so... Um, <clears throat> let's see here I'm going to put this one in gray so we don't get confused Michael and I are looking at a spreadsheet uh, with all this stuff uh, I can't I can't I, I have my screen minimized so I can't put I can't put it in gray so I'll just write uh, I'll just write a bunch of dashes next to it okay uh, I chose that one you choose the next one which one do you want to do next I want to talk about did you just <clears throat> delete my dashes no I didn't do that I feel like I'm at work, just like fucking on a spreadsheet. <laughs> God, God damn it, God damn you, Michael. <laughs> You're getting confused. I'm going to ask my ankle blocking is again. Um, you choose one. What do you, you at, God damn, okay, yes. Okay, Michael has put an emoji penis <laughs> in place of my dashes. Uh, uh, not even oh, an emoji, I, an emoticon, okay? For any of I, you I, I just want to point out that we have, we have, what is this, three and four columns here we have term meaning brand uses of ap- applicable mm-hmm. and semi shitty <laughs> anglicized ways to pronounce non-english terms huge shout out to Ag- aggressive timing habits Bo, uh who has a better grasp of um some french pronunciations than the majority of us here at two book watch he took it upon himself to go and uh write out phonetically and anglicized english what some of these uh what some of these um French words are so thank you thank you thank you guys for talking habits junior I junior tbw contributor he wants me to always emphasize junior we're, we're not promoting this here um but we're, we're, we're on a hiring freeze and a promotion freeze here at tbws here you choose the next one i want to talk about the coaxial escapement because i feel like Excellent. that is really widely widely circulated but it's yeah. <clears throat> it's easy to research and figure out what it is exactly so, so what, will, what do you think the coaxial escapement is? I looked this up like a long time ago and I read one sentence and I'm like, okay, yeah, perfect. I got it. And then I totally forgot it. Um, 
My understanding is that the coaxial escapement is a different type of escapement mechanism that a watch can use that's more accurate. So the escapement mechanism in uh, a mechanical watch is what uh, regulates the gear train. So all the energy transmission doesn't just phase out because if you had a wound mainspring and a gear train and, uh, and all your energy from the mainspring just traveled through your gears, it would just, would just immediately just wind out into nothing. Mm -hmm. The escapement yeah. is there to measure the uh, release of that energy. So the ticking in a watch is the uh, is the is the escapement regulating air. Each tick is basically uh, the energy being stopped. So it's like a pendulum in like a big clock. So that's mm -hmm. a traditional, like the traditional like Swiss escapement that we've been using since the 1800s. The coaxial escapement is just a different type, but I don't really know what makes it different. You know what I'm saying? So it, it looks like it's a modification of the traditional lever escapement. So yeah. <clears throat> I just slacked you two different links. And in the previews, uh, you can <sighs> see what the gears are. They're not actually gears. I don't know if you call them gears, but you can see those little, those little components. Mm. They do the same thing, but they're fashioned differently. So in the traditional uh, lever escapement that we've been using since the 1750s, it's the big wheel, and it's got the little hammers on it, and then it's got and those interlock with the uh, the tooths on the other little gear there. Like that's the actual escaping mechanism. In the mm -hmm. coaxial one, it's interesting. There's three, there's three or four different hammers. Well, that's kind of cool, actually. George Daniels, there he is. Yeah, wow. English watchmaker George Daniels. And wow. he apparently had a hell of a time trying to get somebody to use this when he made it. <laughs> it's the fucking Swiss watch industry. Like, this is the way we've done it. We've done, I don't know why people appear all of a sudden. This is the way we have done it since the 1700s. Why would we change? Why would we change it now? You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I just want to apologize to anyone who I might have offended with my, I, my weird, just like, vaguely european accents i don't even, <laughs> even know what that was from but um so yeah but so 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 but eventually it was what in the 90s or 80s is when a, 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 this caught omega's eye 1999 omega wow recent yeah. very recent very if you consider watchmaking the history of watchmaking overall incredibly recent yesterday it was basically yesterday right? yeah. so omega i i think if you are shopping around and omega has caught your eye mm. and you're just like what's all this coaxial stuff and like what does that mean I, I figure this is a good term to to bring up yeah it's so basically coaxial you can look into it more if you're a movement geek uh like i am and it's super interesting to you basically it's just a different way of measuring up energy transfer in your mechanical watch that allows it to essentially be more accurate. That's my understanding. Yeah. So that and apparently a huge like elimination of uh, friction. So the so critical cool. the critical virtue of the Daniels escapement is the virtual elimination of the sliding friction component. Um, oh. what, what little sliding friction remains is due to the impossibility of maintaining an exact tangential geometry throughout the duration of an impulse. Well, that's what you tell girls at the party <laughs> if you want to drop some panties. 
That'll get him to fall to the ground. Let the panties <laughs> hit the floor. Is that why all? Um, and this actually could be a good segue into our next one. I mean, not keeping it omega focus, but is that why all coax omega models are master chronometers? You think? Or is I there think... more? Is there more in that? So I think master chronometer is an umbrella term when you go through chronometer certification and metas certification yeah. yeah which i can still barely wrap my head around that's for that's for another episode we can do yeah. we, let's do certifications another episode yeah that's that can be a whole other episode <laughs> yeah so cool yeah for me as like a movement geek the coax thing when you start digging into it it's so, it's so fucking cool yeah god i would love to i would love to get one of those ceramic uh ceramic vessel seamaster uh, uh coax uh models you the should ones we, the ones we talked about on the fuck you watch episode which was we a should, great episode we should by the both way. get one we should, we should we should get matching tbws ones you think omega will put a crushed egg on the back of a case back <laughs> on one of those things uh, oh well no it's, just, it's an exhibition case back so they'll have to do like like a like a glass etching of a crushed egg mm-hmm. which is nice that can be nice. nice i think that's i think that's nice um Okay, so you chose one. Now it's my turn turn to choose one. I like the one you've clicked on. Oh, what did I click on? Oh, row twenty five yeah. is because this could be a sticky one. Mm-hmm. You want to do it? The grand complication, Michael. What the fuck does that mean? Because I've heard several different things. I've heard it's a a collection of more than two or three complications i've heard it's a collection of two or three specific complications i've heard it's specific to one brand i've heard it's not really specific to other brands or it's specific to all brands i've heard so many different things and i think you do know more about this than i do because i think it involves a brand you're much more aware about than i am can you break it down break it down um what is grand complication i think it depends on the brand first of all and I think brands will kind of argue what a grand complication is. So you do need a, from what I understand, the hours, the minutes, the seconds, a perpetual calendar. Okay. A minute repeater. Wow. And I think those are the minimum requirements. Oh, okay. When you say perpetual calendar, that can be... You can argue that because does that mean you include a moon phase? Mm. So you'll also, I, th- I feel like you'll also see a moon phase in, in those watches as well. And a chronograph of some kind. Wow. So it's, it's a, a serious watch. <laughs> Very pretty serious watch. But is it one of those things where technically a lot of watches could be classified as grand complication, but they don't always say it is? You know I mean, a, G- a G-Shock can be a grand complication. A G-Shock is... <laughs> so, they can do all nerds. that stuff. They can do all that stuff, but it's not mechanical. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Is that like... Yeah, yeah maybe. You know? But at, at the same time, Patek, for example, they have a grand complications collection, and a lot mm. of those are not chronographs. A lot of those are not minute repeaters. Right. But AP, for example they'll have a collection of grand complications and they'll stick chronographs in there uh moon phases minute repeaters things like that so i think it's difficult to find what the minimum requirement is but my understanding is perpetual calendar 
chronograph, um, you know, hours, minutes, and seconds. I've seen basically. stuff that say you need a uh, tourbillon as well. I think that's debatable. This I think that's really, this is the really weird thing about the grand complication because I don't think I don't think everyone agrees. Yeah, yeah. So like the fifty-two seventy salmon dial, beautiful Patek modern chronograph <clears throat> i'm gonna call that a grand complication <laughs> i'm not gonna be like oh it doesn't have a tourbillon i'm not gonna buy it <laughs> i have to tell my friends i got a grand complication what is this what's the price Oof. holy cannoli okay that's more well, than i thought it would be is it a lot of cannolis it's a lot of cannolis you should you can open up a chain of cannoli stores <laughs> One hundred, one hundred and ninety-two thousand dollars. You could legitimately franchise a Domino's and still have money left over. I think. I think it's like a hundred or two hundred. No, no. I think of Subway. It's like a hundred k to franchise a Subway sandwich shop. And it's an application piece. I'll never forget coming to the one Patek dealer here mm-hmm. um, in Seattle and having the guy explain because Nora, she really enjoyed this like. She she basically saw a photo. She's like, I love that one. And the guy was like, that's an application piece. And she's like, what does that mean? Ooh. Well, it means that you <laughs> sit down here and you apply almost as if you're buying a home. Oh my God. Um, and you might get a call someday. You might not. And then he finished this exchange by saying, some people don't live to see the day that their application is approved. No watch is worth that. That's insanity, <laughs> dude. So yeah, this that that gives you an idea of so the way Patek um, categorizes a grand complication. Many of them are chronographs, perpetual calendars, minute repeaters in some cases, but not really a tourbillon. Okay. Yeah. A minute because I've been, I've been googling just and there's no consensus. There's um, no. I, I think I think it can be. It's one of those things that a brand will say, like, this is what we consider a grand complication oh. at the very least. And then somebody will zip their pants down and say, like, look at our dick. Look at this our is what this our is what dick is think. grander than your dick. Yeah. So crazy. It's a little so, yeah. ambiguous. It's and, a little tell ambiguous. me if tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know. No, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm Googling stuff around. I was trying to find the definitive source answer. Nothing. I think the one more, one of the more interesting videos I ever saw recently was, um, what's the guy from Watchbox? What's his name? Tim? Tim? Tim Masso? Yeah. He's got a, he's got a cool video. The um, robot? Yep. Is, is he a robot? He doesn't make mistakes in his videos. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, he's very calm and even toned. Uh, great, great guy. I, I had the pleasure super, of meet, meeting him once. Incredibly super nice. smart. Yeah. Fucking crazy smart. Yeah. Uh, Ex-Navy. I, did, I, I actually could not see that, but I can see it now we talk about it. Um, he's got a great video kind of talking about just the what he interprets as the minimum requirements for uh, the grand complication. Um, in addition to also kind of sharing information that these are sort of undefined uh water so i'll find that video and i'll see if i yeah. can include it in the uh, in the show notes as well yeah, but check here, that out. let's do this let me go and put our dick emoticon and grand complication god damn it michael <laughs> uh i chose that one which one do you <laughs> sir god man which one do you want to do next let's talk about <clears throat> the split second chronograph 
Okay, yes, I see it there. So row 21. Yeah. So the question is, is what I, do you I think mean? A, a lot of people see split second chronograph and a lot of people see Hrothropon. I can't say it right. <laughs> well, no, but no, uh, 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 Gus Time may have us. He wrote it out, didn't he? Ratrapant. Ratra. Ratrapant. Ratrapant. Just don't do the E at the end. That's what he wrote here. Rot. That doesn't help me. Rat trap ant. Rat trap ant. Ratrapant. Ratrapant. So that's a split second. <laughs> Wrap your pants around that one. Okay, yes, the split second chronograph. Um, what do I think the split second chronograph is? Uh, we've talked about this before. That's the one. Oh no 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 no! That's the um. That's the one where you can start one. You can start timing one event, but in the middle of that first event, you can time a second event. So you can actually split the times. Yeah. Right. Like you can time two separate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? it's a it's a chronograph where you get basically two different independent chronograph seconds hands Shit. that that allow you to time different. Um, so the 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 big time application that a lot of brands like to uh, stick into their marketing, I think, would be with those racing inspired chronographs. Like, oh, you can be timing Steve McQueen as he as he's doing his laps, and you know you start one thing and you don't want to go through the action of stopping and resetting and then starting again you okay. just start your you start your other chronograph hand and so the first lap will just stay frozen in one place and then the other one will start timing um so you so can't time two separate events at the same time you can you can have oh. actually you can have both of the hands moving at the same time also if you want well yeah so fair did one and it was quartz. That crowd was beautiful. I remember, remember that, that thing? shit. Oh my god, dude! I was just like, I was actually, I'm not generally blown away by fairer pieces, um, but that thing was so fucking cool. Yeah, dude. It was an Etta quartz split chronograph movement. It was like six or seven hundred bucks, and like some people there were just like, "Oh, it's a lot for a quartz." I'm like, "You fucking nerds! Don't you understand <laughs> how awesome this thing is?" Off, well, didn't didn't the they say that that quartz <laughs> movement wasn't even made anymore? Yeah, they were either so, just phasing it out or they had just gotten the last batch because I've yeah. never seen a split corner a split chronograph movement from like like a quartz one from Edible. Yeah, this is usually like a very high horology sort of deal. Like you pay for it. Um, like one yeah. that I really like is from Zinn, and that thing is five k pretty much. That's, <laughs> that's like the cheapest mechanical one that I've seen. I'm looking at a picture of one of these things right now. So it's got like two second, two of the chronograph second hands. Like so, when you press the button and the chronograph second hand starts to sweep, you got two of those basically in a split seconds. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, let's 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 stay in the chronograph area. Let me get our dick emoticon there. Let's stay in the chronograph area. So we have three three chronograph items here between rows eighteen and twenty. Uh, you chose split second, so it's my choose. My turn to choose one. Yeah, I'm gonna say one that I know you would. I know you know the answer to, um, because I just realized what time it is. We we spent way too much time bullshitting around, uh, as is tradition here on Two World Watch Knobs. The flyback chronograph. I hear about that all the time. We talked about it last episode, actually. I think with that um, uh, Panerai Manto Manto Busante. What's it called? I don't think that's a flyback though. That's oh, is it a not mo- a flyback? That's a mono pusher. Mono pusher. Is, 
This is, we should have we should we should just make this the chronograph terms episode. Okay, it might end up being that, but okay. So explain to the, all the nice people at home, because uh, I know because I know you know the answer. What is flyback chronograph? Super simple. You can just reset with one button. Everything resets and immediately starts again the second you let go. So, so yeah, you can also time stuff really really fast if you want to reset again the minute a car like like zooms by that that lap line. Yeah. You can just just one button, it flies back, you let go, and you're timing the uh the next lap. So So basically with the regular chronograph, you are you you press it to time something, you want to time something new, you have to press the top button again to stop it, the mm-hmm. bottom button to, to, to then reset. reset it, and the top button again. However, with the flyback chronograph, you just gotta press a button once, everything goes back, and then it starts uh, immediately. Yep. Yep, and so, so you, cool. you'll have, and then you'll have a lot of brands like combining uh, a flyback with a split seconds, and yeah. it just it gets really, really bananas when you when you put all that stuff into a chronograph. And I think the Michael Schumacher AP concept Turbion flyback is 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 an insane example. To you can see how that stuff work. Yeah. Um, so two uh, last chronograph ones here. Uh, these should be pretty straightforward. We could probably tackle them together. Um, I don't. I don't understand modular all that much. Like I, do, I, I get the idea, but I don't understand how it totally works. So, so the two terms Michael and I are looking at are integrated chronograph and modular chronograph. Uh, integrated chronograph basically just means that the movement from essentially start to finish or at an appropriate area the movement is naturally the movement naturally includes uh, a chronograph you know functionality so it's not just you know second hand minute hand hour hand um, and then the chronograph is tacked on on top of that which we'll talk about in a minute in a minute the integrated chronograph is a movement which naturally incorporates uh, the chronograph complication the modular chronograph which is what you're asking about that's basically like 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 a modular uh, like GMT, it's basically you know a series of additions that go on top and are integrated into the gear train that allow for the chronograph functionality to occur. Which is why modular chronographs are always super thick because right. the shit's being put on top of what's already there, as opposed to an integrated chronograph, which has it naturally incorporated essentially from the ground. Uh, from, from from the ground up. You know what I mean? So there's either an integrated chronograph or you put a module on top of a base movement. Yeah, it's a series of modules or a module. Like, like um, it's the difference between your house naturally having 2,000 square feet or your house having 1,400 square feet and then a 600 square foot addition is added onto the back. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of like a down and dirty definition difference between... Uh, the two, but my rule of thumb to always keep in mind is when you see something that says modular chronograph, or even if you sometimes have to ask, because a lot of times brands won't even say if it's modular or not. You'll just hear people talking about it. There's always one nerd, and I love that nerd. You know what I mean? It's a modular chronograph. We're like, well, <laughs> it's an excellent, it's an excellent question, um, and I love that because that person's that person's fighting the good fight. If it's a modular yeah. chronograph, mm-hmm. it will be thicker. Um, especially if it's a modular automatic chronograph, because then you have you have to have room in the height for the actual modules. 
the regular base movement and then the rotor in the back. So just bear that in mind if you're looking at something and, mm -hmm. and you do find out it's a modular uh, uh, chronograph, automatic chronograph. It's going to be thick. I mean, the thicker side. We, um, we really like the, um, <clears throat> what is it, the Tudor chronograph blue? The one, oh, um, yeah. that It looks like a motocross watch, even though no, it's not. The Heritage something. Heritage chronograph blue. That thing is that thing is modular. How thick is that guy? It is modular. You're right. I mean, I've tried it on. It's not. It's not that thick. But that is one of my favorite watches. Yeah, this is a cool one. God. Forty-two caliber two eight nine two with an additional mechanism for the chronograph function. So that means, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's an. I believe it's an edit two eight nine two, right? think so or whatever yeah. the fuck is in here either way it's a caliber 292 that tutor is using um so the phrase with additional mechanism for chronograph function that means the modules have been added to make it a modular um chronograph and you can have modular gmt movements and 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 shit like that so it's basically a, a way of you to externally attach um different complications and shit to your watch so mm -hmm. super cool super super cool let's see what else we got on the list here it's just dick emoticons it's just it's just it's just dick emoticons on this list now um oh this is actually really cool do you want to do the minute repeater yeah i know it's a thing that makes noise that's but it's funny because i don't think people always understand or people might sometimes forget <laughs> the actual minute repetition has a function it's not just to make a pretty noise to impress yeah. all your friends. You know what I mean? It was originally produced for those that are sight impaired mm -hmm. or low vision. Is is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically a way for you. So if you can't see the hands uh, and like tell the time on your watch, like if you have, you know, vision uh, uh, impairment or any other sort of sight impediments, um, the actual chiming is supposed to help you figure out uh, what time it is. I'm actually looking right now for what the actual striking mechanisms determine. Uh, I also I also think that Tim uh, from Watchbox did a video on how to hear like the, the little gongs and determine yeah. what is what. So right, it exactly. counts down hours, minutes, and I After think pressing, seconds? let me see here. Seconds? I think it's just hours and minutes. It's hours and then quarter minutes. So you can figure out where you mm. are. So it'll chime out the hours in um, in a lower tone, and then the quarter minutes are in like uh, two tones. But in, yeah, it's, it goes like ding, ding, so ding. Exactly. Din -in, so it's din -in. So, exactly. So hours yeah. are like ding, 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 and then quarter minutes are ding, 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 or ding, 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 ding. However the fuck it is. All, all my all my all my intervals are fucked up now. Um, but it's basically a way for you to tell what hour it is and what quarter, like where you are in like the quarter minute scale. So it'll tell you when it's 345 or something like that. So, um, that's, actually, that's actually also, cool. also that's, that's a panty dropper for me. So <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> you know, I, I will get naked for you instantly. Yeah. If you want to get Michael and I <laughs> naked, just accost <laughs> us in public and thrust your minute repeater, uh, uh, under our ears. And um, the clothes will go flying. All right, telling you, man. Uh, let me see here. Also, G-Shock can do that for you. I think there are some G-Shocks with a minute repeating 
is, G- is G-Shock like the Simpsons did it on South Park? You were saying yeah. that the Simpsons did it. G-Shock does it. G-Shock does it. Uh, has been doing it for longer that, that, than we've been alive. The G-Shock founder, he's just like the industry's biggest troll. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. You know, you know he does that. You got to press this button, hold it upside down, and it does that. It does it now. Shit. It's not fucking around, man. Um, let's see here. What else we got on this list? I do want to get to number 28. Um, but do you think we should start? Do you think we should just do like two more? Should we just do two more? No, what's 28? Um... 28. I think we have time for two more. Can we do 27 and then 28? <laughs> 27. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I'm not smart enough to tell you 27. I Okay, so you ask me what it is, and then I will give you my best understanding, and then we can Google it together. You ask me. What, yeah, ask what me. is a turbion? I know it came from pocket watches, <laughs> and that's when it was important, and that's <clears> it. <throat> a turbion is essentially, my understanding is that in a regular non-turbion watch, the effect of gravity can uh, hinder accuracy in that in different positions of your wrist, uh, you know, uh, gravity will affect your gear train and escapement differently. Because you put the pocket watch in your pocket, it might stay there for a long time in the same yeah. position. Okay. Exactly. So the idea with the turbion, and remember guys, if I'm wrong, you can stop yelling. We're going to Google and correct myself in a second. Um, I love how I always picture our yellers as just like eating chips and yelling at the television even though we're not on television um shout out if you're eating chips uh we need the a, idea a netflix special by the way like we should get that? that done we need oh, a, a netflix oh, special love a netflix special i don't know what the fuck we would do but um <laughs> but it's, and so basically a turbion in order to counteract the potential and i use that word very very specifically the potential gravitational impediments to your gear train escapement the idea with the turbion is that essentially create it, it you you know did you ever go to space camp when you were a kid never okay well you've seen astronaut training where they put you in that thing where you look like the vitruvian man and they spin you around in circles mm-hmm. yeah it's essentially your escapement and all that shit is basically in there in a way to counteract gravity so no matter where your wrist goes uh, that actual area, which kind of measures your energy transfer, never changes positions. Hmm. And so it's supposed to make it more accurate by defeating the impediment of gravity. Now, two things. That's my understanding of the definition. And the second thing is, um, I think that's fucking stupid. So let's Google Turbion. It's completely unnecessary in a wristwatch. 100%. Please, yeah. will of God, guys, do <clears throat> never let a Turbion be the reason you buy a watch it is maybe a wall clock is like the how most much moving is a wall clock doing that's that's the most reasonable application a wall I, clock i made this joke last time i'd rather have a fucking tic-tac in my watch than a goddamn turbine <laughs> okay i feel like a tic-tac would be much more like what if i'm in like a diehard situation and i don't want to have like 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 onion breath i could just i could just break a case of birds i could just break my watch crystal and take the tic-tac that's pretty useful that's more useful than a fucking turbion it's like a different version of the Breitling emergency. It's a different kind of emergency. <laughs> it's the Breitling social emergency equipped with one of those Listerine strips and a little tic-tac. <laughs> <laughs> the Listerine strip comes out of the bottom of the watch like a printer tray, like the printer paper tray. You've got to pull it. It's got little Listerine strips. Like a Game Boy printer. <laughs> 100%. Here, um, let me see here. I am on Wikipedia. Addition to mechanics developed by Breguet. Uh, 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 Abraham Louis Louis Breguet 
1801 tourbillon. In a tourbillon, the escapement and balance wheel are mounted in a rotating cage in order to negate the effects of gravity yeah. when the timepiece is stuck in a certain position. So yes, so like the idea is like if I leave my pocket watch in my pocket and I'm on like an 18-hour flight for some reason in 1801, uh, you know, I will not, whatever, I will not lose any accuracy, uh, uh, you know, in my watch. So that is what a tourbillon is. Okay. We don't need tourbillons. We don't, it's stupid. It's just then, one of those. Then in part two, we can get into double and quadruple tourbillons, yeah. triple axis tourbillons, <laughs> flying tourbillons, <laughs> and gyro tourbillons. We should do a tourbillon episode because all those other tourbillons, I don't know. I only, yeah, I, I'm only no, aware of this basic definition, which I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually pretty surprised I remembered at a high level what this fucking tourbillon, stupid tourbillon is. So the bullshit is, kind of the bullshit, the tourbillon is something watchmakers put on the watch these days to jack up the price because technically it is hard to do. It is very, very difficult to do, <laughs> to do it well, to do uh, an appropriate tourbillon. I almost said appropriate functioning tourbillon because the function of, this, of the tourbillon is meaningless so i i do think i know we talk a lot of shit but i do think john mayer had a great definition for the tourbillon yeah he says it's say? like he says it's like the remote control that they have in the flintstones where you push the button and the <clears throat> bird flies out and changes the channel on the tv that's basically what the tourbillon that's is perfect yes it's just <laughs> it's just meaningless yeah so good uh yeah good good one good one good one with the tourbillon let me go and put our our, our dick emoticon there yeah last one this is one that i've seen before i haven't seen it too much and i honestly didn't really know what it meant until there was a really great discussion about it on the tbws slack um i'll ask you what it is because you asked me the last one uh the pronunciation is in column d uh again shout out to aggressive timing habits for helping us out here michael what do you to close out episode 175 what do you think ebosh or ebosh means E-B-A-U-C-H-E. It's a different kind of mustache. So it's not mustache, God it's yubash. So at like least it's try a, and keep it in watches. At a, least I tried to keep it in watches. <laughs> it's a different style of mustache that you have just uh-huh. just under just like, under the dial. Okay. So, next to so, Swiss made. <laughs> that's how you know. Uh, so ebosh is essentially a mustache for your uh, for your one. No, that's not. No, that's not what ebosh is. <laughs> Close. That's what that's what I always thought. That's what I always thought. Uh, I always thought it was something mustache, <laughs> mustachio related. So ebosh is an interesting designation that I think I can't even spell it. I get headache when Google tries to correct me. Google's just like, uh, listen, listen, Mister American, did you mean headache? <laughs> Jesus no, Christ. Google, I meant ebosh. Uh, so yeah, it's spelled E-B-A-U-C-H-E. So, um, my understanding, and we can Google this if we need to, because I, because it's still fresh in my mind because we were talking about it in the TWS Slack. My understanding of eBosch is that it's a designation of movement that movement manufacturers will put on products that are temporary, that are only partly finished. So I have a yeah. movement and I've completed it except I haven't included uh, a mainspring, a balance wheel, or 
maybe pinions for a hand, or I haven't included, you know, the XYZ jewels and the movements, which uh, jewels are not real jewels, they're synthetic these days, but they're essentially to help lubricate joints and prevent metal from frictioning on metal. Jewels was one of the terms here, but we have no time to get into it. And so the idea with an EBOSH movement is that I will sell this partially finished movement to a brand and they will finish it. They will put in their own, you know, balance wheel and all this stuff. And so I think there's two sides to this. So it My, looks like in, in French, the word is outline, sketch, or blank. Yeah. So, yeah I it guess. Has, okay. it, has like an, it has like an art application, like a, mm -hmm. like a procedural art application. So there's two sides in watch movements to what uh, eBosch means. And the, uh, I guess my understanding. My understanding until we kind of talk about this in the Slack is that by selling an eBosch movement to a brand, they could then put in their own balance spring or whatever, and then they could regulate it on their own. And I'm like, okay, that's a good thing. They can regulate the movement on their own. However, the dark side is that it also allows brands to say their watch is Swiss made without really being Swiss made because the yeah. amount of movement that's being supplied to the brands uh, will be approximately 51% Swiss. So I could buy a Swiss brand eBosch movement, but then I could buy a balance spring and a mainspring and jewels or whatever from like an Asian manufacturer, put that in my watch. My movement is still technically 51% uh, Swiss, so I can say Swiss made on my watch. Hmm. Um, so the caveat, in my opinion, the caveat is there's nothing wrong with not being Swiss made. Michael and I talk about that all the time. Swiss yeah. watches, I mean, if anything, are not that great of a thing anymore. And if this discussion is showing anything, it's almost shedding light on the fact that you might not be, be able to trust Swiss made, quote unquote. So again, that Swiss, statement, yeah. That it's, statement. It, it's not something <laughs> saying Swiss made should never be uh, the value prop for you. It should never be the what pushes you like, oh, well, this is Swiss made, whereas opposed to this other watch, which isn't. So I know it's made in Europe, so it's made, you know, with quality. Right. If you are looking at a listing, um, like a micro brand listing, because like, I think it's micro brands most of the times, or Kickstarter brands, and it says like, oh, yeah, Etta Ebosch movement, or like it's the Swiss Ebosch movement. Um, read between the lines. It's just a French word that they put there to look fancy. It's just a French word that's meaningless. Like gentlemen. Like when someone calls someone a gentleman, usually they're not being a gentleman. It's just a When somebody calls me sir and I'm not behaving the way I should be, it just feels a little bit fancier. It's just before, because that person's working. Yeah, it's just because that person's working and they can't, they can't call you a fuckhead. Be like, hey, listen, fuckhead, you can't <laughs> walk in my phone. Sire. Sire. Uh, <laughs> sir, please, uh, the fountain is not for walking. I know it's not for walking. Fuck you, Jeeves. Like, you know, <laughs> sir is that version of, 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 of you know, Ebosh. It's essentially, here, let's let's unsexify it. It's a Franken movement. In, in, in Soviet watches, Franken movements are a thing. Ebosh is a Franken movement. Yeah. You know, you're potentially dealing with something that has different parts and pieces from all over the world, which again, to me, is not an issue. I think that's fine. However, if you're trying to deceive people by saying we have the Swiss eBosch movement, uh, a consumer would say, oh, that's awesome. It's a Swiss movement. How do you define Swiss movement if it's only 51%? That's a different episode. A different fucking episode. But here, let's do this. That has been episode 175. Uh, watch jargon, digging through the BS. Uh, Michael and I probably only hit maybe about half. Half the stuff on here. 
Um, so I like this topic. I think similar to the Fuck You Watch episode 174, this can be a really fun reoccurring series. Um, I'll do a recap the best I can. Huge shout out, Michael, to you rocking the shit out of that Tudor Black Bay GMT. So much fun. I'm rocking the Invicta Pro Diver over here. I feel like an idiot for making it be making it take this long for me to get the watch. Um, super excited uh, to see the, uh, that, the, that, that, the, the pilot navigator and steel from Marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, also, go and check out Steinhardt that uh, with the you know with the ceramic bezel that we were talking about. Again, huge shout out to Forward Partners and and uh, Chad Wright. If you're in a managerial leadership or just like a brain thinking position and you just kind of are looking for some sort of resource to I don't know help you just manage the day to day or just manage your sanity or to be with other people who understand what you're dealing with as a, as a business owner. Or, or like a leader or anyway, go and check out Forward Partners. Chad Reitzel has been a huge friend to the show, so, you know, um, and he does great work. Takes great watch photos, too. Like, goddamn. Man. We've, yeah. got to st- we've got to stop regramming Chad Reitz photos. It's getting crazy <laughs> at this point. Um, and then also, really hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Jargon, dicking through the... D- dicking. There you go. <sighs> I, count, I count nine peeners. Because I'm looking at the stupid dick emoticons you wrote on this fucking spreadsheet. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I gotcha. That's how you got me. There you go. Surprise dick. Uh, hashtag, that's not a good dick. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, in case you weren't sure. Surprise dick is never a good dick. Um, let us know your thoughts on this week's episode. Let us know your, uh, if any of these definitions were helpful. I know for me it was just helpful, kind of dicking through these, and Michael, you and I talking about these in real time. Um, if you have suggestions for other words which you've heard or which you even know but want to just like let people know it's bullshit, um, hit us up. You can hit us up on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on this week's episode and let us know you know other watch jargon bullshit you want us to dig into or on the website, twobrokewatchknobs.com or you can email us, although as we were discussing before, it's a bit of a, a, a sarlacc pit at the moment, but you can email us at tbws.contact.gmail.com. That email again tbws.contact at gmail.com and uh, we'll get back to you at some point um, there's a bit of a backlog uh, but, 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 but I think that's it is there anything I'm forgetting uh, thank you to the FDA yeah thanks for that report um, <laughs> even though it was kind of not really favorable but thank yeah, you it's not what we were, um, not what we were hoping for no I think, I think we're good we can say goodbye <sighs> alright is that sad time that's sad time let's do this you uh you say goodbye to the nice folks. I'll um, I'll close this out. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Stops. Later. Mm-hmm.